passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo, new season now streaming, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Joined today by a very special guest here to talk some Auburn, some SEC, some coaching search, some college football. Is Dennis Dodd, national college football writer for CBS Sports. And um, Dennis, I imagine you know, it's always always a busy time of year um, in, in your profession, in our profession. Um, but I guess just how crazy is the uh, is is these coaching searches these these couple months for you? Well, Nathan, actually, the sheer volume is not as big as it's been in previous years. I think overall, last year's coaching carousel had 31 changes. And I think like right now they're going to be there are eight and, you know, come Sunday, there's going to be a lot more. But I don't know if there's going to be 31. Now, the ones we have so far are pretty fairly high profile uh, with Auburn and Colorado and Nebraska, whatnot. Um So that I think that's the nature of it. You've got some really high profile ones and maybe the carousel just stops, at least slows down a little bit. I think I counted 72 coaching changes, not 72 schools changing coaches, but 72 coaching changes the last three years going into this season. Yeah, there's and there's always the, you know, branching effect there. And I think there could be a pretty big one. This season, depending on what happens at Auburn, obviously the all the buzz right now, not all the buzz, but most of the buzz is for somebody like Elaine Kiffin. Um, it's It's been pretty apparent for the past couple weeks that he's been Auburn's top target. Now yeah. you're getting the buzz from the Ole Miss side as well. I guess just your thoughts overall on um, on Kiffin as a candidate at Auburn and, and, and what that fit could possibly look like for the future. Well, a couple things. Um he's going to get paid either way. Jimmy Sexton's his agent. This is right down his alley where he leverages one sec school against the other. So whatever number you're seeing or hearing, he's going to get that wherever he ends up. And it reminds me of a few years ago with Gus Malzahn, when Gus was offered the, the exact same contract from Arkansas and Auburn. And he, it was a six years, 42 million, I think at the time. 
uh, and he elected to stay at Auburn. And I, I asked Jimmy Sexton, I said, why, you know, what, what's going to make the decision or why Auburn after the fact? And he said, it's going to be where he feels most comfortable, which seemed odd to me at the time. You know, it, he could have gone to Arkansas and chased eight and four the rest of his life and, you know, retired there. Uh, but he returned to the cauldron that is sometimes Auburn. But that's a that's a you know that's a different story for him. Uh, as far as Lane goes, yeah, uh, there was a really compelling piece on Saturday Down South last week from Matt Hayes about why Lane was going to stay at Ole Miss, and he got it from a source I think inside the staff, inside the program. And it basically said he's totally happy there. Uh, you know, this is what he always wanted to do. People leave him alone. He's the king of Oxford. Um, again, that being said, there are, as 1AD told me, there are only about nine programs in the SEC that really resource uh, football in a big, big way. And obviously Auburn is one of those. And Auburn's a, 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 on its face – uh, a better job than Ole Miss. Uh, but there are layers to it. You know, comfort being one of them. I think I just told you money, it, it, the money is not an issue at all. Uh, where, wherever Lane Kiffin ends up, he's going to get paid. So I think it's just a case of where, how close he can get to a championship in, in history and tradition would tell you uh, Auburn. We keep on, you mentioned the Gus Malzahn contract from back in, it was 2017, the year they they made it to that oh, SEC yeah, title yeah. game. Um, you mentioned that. I mean, it the the numbers on that contract seem uh, minuscule compared to some of the numbers being floated. <laughs> <laughs> being flo- I guess we're just going to keep seeing these things blow up uh, as as time goes on. Um, because for Kiffin, and then you look at James Franklin last year. Um, it and of course, like you said, money is usually not a problem for a place like Auburn. And then you know you look at Jimbo Fisher at, at Texas A and M. These, these deals just keep getting more lucrative by the year, it seems like. Yeah, when, when Auburn first came open and when Lane's name was attached to it, my mind immediately went to 10 years, 100 million. And that may not be the case. But, you know, it, in the last, less than the last year, in the last 11 months, um, the two highest paid coaches of all time have emerged. First, it was Lincoln Riley, and then it was Kirby Smart. Um, and I think... When this is over, Lane might be number three. Uh, again, given the stakes, given his agent, given what he's accomplished, and he might be around that 10, 11 million number. And you're right, just like inflation, the number has gone up. I'll be really interested to see what Nebraska pays if they really settle on the right guy. Because I think it's, you know, right now the numbers have way blown past the NFL average, which I think is the last time I checked was 6.7 million. I'm sure it's gone up, but to get, to get the top talent in college now, you're, they're not, the ADs aren't competing against the NFL anymore. They're setting the market. So if a Matt rule goes to, you know, Nebraska, or, you know, you even hear his name at Auburn, what's he going to command um, given his accomplishments in college at uh, at Temple and Baylor, so yeah, it's definitely gone up. You know, and you you mentioned somebody like a like a Matt Rule and like Kiffin having, you know, success at past stops that that aren't necessarily. Well, Ole Miss is is 
is a big one for Lane Kiffin just because if you if he has double digit wins this season, he's the first coach ever yeah. there to go double digit wins in uh, in back to back years. But you know, you look at some of the other coaches that maybe um, you know around the country are at these are at good jobs, um, but maybe angle for something a little bit bigger because you saw two of them last year, like a Lincoln Riley um, and a Brian Kelly. Just how much of that itch in in your experience exists within within the coaching circles where I guess stale is the wrong word because Lincoln Riley was taking them to the playoff. Um, Brian Kelly was taking them to the playoff, but the example I think of is that, you know, with Brian Kelly, he got his, you know, doors blown off in the postseason by Alabama twice. Then you come to LSU and what does his first meeting with Alabama look like at LSU? He gets a win over him. So I guess just, you know, thinking about somebody maybe like a James Franklin is, is being, you know, floated at least on our site as a possibility, maybe a, a couple rungs down the line in this coaching search, how much of that, you know, sort of itch to, to take things to the next level and, and, and maybe move on from a situation that is successful, but hasn't necessarily reached the peak. How much of that exists in, in the coaching world? Well, first of all, I think last year was an outlier um, in that USC was number one open. There no surprise there, but that, USC had to completely change its football culture to get Lincoln Riley. They, they, I wouldn't say they were conservative. They're the most traditional and successful program in the Pac-12. But they had to decide to go hard after him and make him, at the time, the highest paid coach um, in, in history at that time. Uh, LSU, no surprise, it was open. I think the surprise was Brian Kelly was interested after Scott Woodward maybe whiffed on on Lincoln Riley and, and Jimbo, I think, at the time. Um, so those, yeah, I mean, but that doesn't answer your question. Yeah, there's always an itch. I mean, these guys always want to move up. But those were two very significant, um, you know, move, people moving up. Who knew that Lincoln Riley was even interested in leaving? I mean, he remember the day before he took the job, I'm not going to LSU. Well, nobody even thought to ask about USC. Yeah, he wasn't lying. Yeah, and Brian Kelly, right at the beginning, it just seemed such an odd fit. And then you had the whole thing with the family and all that stuff. And I, I went and visited him in March. And I just want to make sure because I didn't say it to him directly, but I wanted to say it to him. There's the SEC and then there's the LS, there's LSU. It's just different. I don't know if I can describe it, but it just is. In, in, in good ways and in, uh, in stressful ways for coaches. But I think you see why he left. And I wrote this last week when they were seven and two before the Arkansas game. This is the exact reason he left Notre Dame. He's seven and two at that point and has a direct line to not only the SEC or the CFP, but a national championship with two losses. He, he'd be playing for maybe the Orange Bowl at Notre Dame. And that's the difference. And, 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 you know, you can say he wanted to challenge himself. Yes. Loads of talent. Yes. But there's your reason right there. He can be seven and two with three games left and see a path to a national championship that he couldn't even sniff at Notre Dame. So when you talk about the itch, there was the itch, but it presented itself in a unique way. You know, I don't know if he leaves Notre Dame if, you know, that, doesn't open. I think his time was coming to a close there. And I don't mean to disparage it. I just think it was a 12 or 13 years after that many years. Sometimes the relationship just, you know, just goes stale. 
Uh, but it was a perfect opportunity for him. Now, again, he'll be asked to do it next year. Whatever he accomplishes this year, do it again, do it better. And that's LSU. That's the SEC. So if he doesn't know it, he'll find out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And there's been a lot of, it's, and it's mainly been between Ole Miss and Auburn fans, debate, debating the merits of this job versus, versus the other job. Um, you know, when you look at it objectively, there's really not much debate in terms of what Auburn brings in terms of a resource standpoint and historically, but like you mentioned before, there are a lot of reasons why Lane Kiffin would be more comfortable just staying at, at Ole Miss. So as, as much of our fan, our, our you know board members and whatnot would melt down if Kiffin doesn't come because they've already con- completely convinced themselves that, <laughs> that he's on his way. Um, I guess just give Auburn fans in, in a couple paragraphs, some optimism, if Kiffin doesn't come, why this will still end up being a good, a good hire for them, even if it's not him, because to me, I just think you can't really do a whole lot worse than than what you had with with Brian Harson in terms of the fit there. No, um, no, yeah. Well, I I think uh, Lane has completely reinvented himself. We're way beyond writing stories about how he's matured as a coach. Is he funny, quirky, and engaging? Absolutely, king of the portal. Absolutely, you know, Ju- uh, Juice Kiffin on uh, on Twitter. I love that. I was getting uh, tweets back from Juice Kiffin last week when I tweeted his dog. Um, I-, I love that. Um, but the, the dude can coach and I've known him since the mid two thousands when he was at USC and he could always coach. Um, you know, it's just a case of when's he going to maybe grow up. I, I don't know if too much was handed to him as head coach of USC at the time, but you don't turn it down. Um, he remade, he went and remade himself at FAU, uh, got back into the big time, and again, has done what no one else has done. You know, I don't have to tell you what, you know, what he would bring to uh, to Auburn. Uh, the question is, if that if he stays, you know, who is who do they get? I mean, is it, I, I don't know how the fans feel about Hugh Freeze. I think his time has come. I, I think he's absolutely been cleared by Greg Sankey. I think he's done great at Liberty and kept his head down um, and would fit perfectly at at Auburn. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I'm split on whether Lane will come or not. I don't have, I don't have a feeling that he absolutely will. I don't have a feeling that, you know, he'll absolutely stay at, at Ole Miss. Um, you know, I think a lot will shake out after, after Saturday and Sunday, especially if, you know, um, you know, Ole Miss is going to play, 
in a major bowl, probably going to play in a New Year's Six bowl. You know, is that, I don't know, do you, do you stay for that? I mean, we're looking at a, a climate now where I fully expect mass exodus and opt-outs at Alabama, something that's never happened there before with the two lost team. I mean, if you're Will Anderson, why why do you set your foot back on the field after uh, after next Saturday? Uh, you'd be stupid to do that. So I, I think a lot will shake out after that. You mentioned you mentioned the transfer portal. You mentioned how how prolific Lane Kiffin has been there. And last one, and then we'll let you go. Um, I guess just as as football as college football moves forward into the realignment era, if you want to call it, um, the SEC is about to get wild here in a couple years. Um, so many of the transfer gates have come down. NIL is 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 now if you know probably the number one arms race. You know Auburn just opened a big old facility, but NIL is almost more important um, yeah. at the moment. I guess just you know I, I, you look at somebody like a Brian Kelly, you look at what USC did to get Lincoln Riley positioned there. And I'm not saying Auburn has to go out and make like you said an outlier crazy you know once in a few decades higher. Um, but I guess just you know for a big conference you know that that has an opportunity for for a team in a big conference like Auburn. How important is it to get positioned for these next few years and feel confident about your leadership and the direction of your program? Just because, you know, it's, it's cliched to say, oh, you know, football's changing and you know, the game is changing. But really, when you look at realignment, and you look at, you know, those other factors. Um, it really is reaching you know, an, an unprecedented kind of area with all of those factors going on. I guess how important is it for a team like Auburn or, or a team like Nebraska, anybody else to get that correct? hire and get that leadership in place. That way you're set up for these next few years. When well, at each, change a at lot. each school, it's a little bit different, but the urgency is there in each one. Um, I'll, I'll relay a story from May. I met with uh, Brent Venables and spent about 35 minutes with him for a story. And he pulled out this binder out of his, uh, out of his bag that was about this thick. And I said, what's that? And he said, that's the, that's the transition plan to the SEC. Um, so he's thought about all this. You know, he, I, I don't know where Texas and Oklahoma are going to fit in. They're not going to fit in at the top the way they're going. But he has an idea. Uh, Lane has an idea. He knows what he has to do. I just got done writing a 3,000-word story on USC, you know, winning the portal. Most players and most success. They were number one in 24-7 uh, transfer rankings, and look where they are. Okay, the transfer portal and the one-time transfer – uh, climate is so young. I don't even know what that means. Is USC good for a year? Are they going to do this next year? Are they going to revert back to high schools? What's the sustainability of, of any of this with USC, uh, Ole Miss, LSU, UCLA, who are all in the top 10 in those rankings and all succeeding. Do you know who else is in the top 10? Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Miami. So, you know, I think that's, I think that still has to work itself out. Um, it's going, it's, it's going to be an art form to go through that portal. And Lincoln Riley did a fantastic job. His top four receivers are transfers. I don't have to tell you about Caleb Williams. Travis died before he got hurt. was number three in the Pac-12 in, uh, in rushing. 17 of the 20 transfers were at some point on the two deep going into the season. That's amazing. 40 new players in a two-month period. That's on the deep end. You know, uh, I don't know if that's sustainable if they're going to be coming in and out of the program. Like, remember how people used to say JUCOs were, were the bane of existence because you only get them for two years? Nobody says about that now. 
you, you get a grad transfer, you get a guy with two years left. You're just trying to win right now. And I think that's going to be the pressure on the new Auburn coach, the new Nebraska coach, um, some of these other uh, openings, because look what's happened at TCU in 21 months. Look what's happened at USC. Uh, and the, the, these ADs, if they're not saying it, they should be saying it. Why can't we be those? Uh, the difference at Auburn, of course, is you're going 24 7, 365 against Alabama. That's why they're throwing resources into this like it's a, you know, like it's a war. And in many ways it is uh, an athletic war. So, you know, I, I think that's it. I think the, the urgency and the transfer thing will be fascinating to watch. But the, tra- the transfer portal and one time transfer thing to me has become just as important as developing a game plan. Uh, one, one is for that Saturday. The other is to get ready for 12 Saturdays. And I, I think one, you know, one is as important as the other right now, because if you screw up one or the other, you're screwed. Yeah. For, for better or for worse in terms of expectations for big time programs, having first year coaches, there are three that have a direct line to the playoff right now. If they went out and Sonny Dyke, yeah. uh, Brian Kelly and, and Lincoln Riley. So um, thank you so much, Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer, CBS Sports. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Dennis Dodd CBS. Thanks so much for joining joining us, Dennis. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Nathan, it's a pleasure. Thanks. wonderful time of the year fantasy baseball draft season is upon us which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank sample six times per week throughout march sleepers breakouts busts live mock drafts spring training updates and everything in between every monday through saturday make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found